hello everybody welcome to the soda pop podcast this is episode four of season three i'm mark i'm here with selena and tyler today um hey, our guest today is uh jennifer berry from our very own una student counseling services guys so um why don't you kind of introduce introduce our listeners to uh your position and uh what you do here at UNA and how long you've been here for. Okay, um, I am the senior mental health counselor at Student Counseling Services. We are on the first floor of Rice Hall and I have been with the university actually since 2007. I started contracting here first um, and then worked my way into an opportunity to become part of the university family in 2013. So I've been here for a while. All right, and so obviously counseling counseling is a huge component of the um, health of a student mentally. Um, so, and I know counseling services on campus is open to all students, not just uh, residents. Yes, all, uh, all enrolled students are eligible for our services. So at a time like, like today where the, the pandemic has kind of heavily affected pretty much everyone at this point. Um, can you kind of explain um, what counseling services right now has to offer for um, students who aren't familiar with your services? Sure. So while we are on the first floor of Rice, we are much like a mini mental health center on campus. We have licensed professional counselors available to again, any student that is enrolled. And we actually have a variety of services that help support mental health and emotional well-being. And that's individual counseling, group counseling. Our student counseling website has a lot of information available, which I know we're gonna talk about a little bit later. Um, so we have several resources for students. The way things are working right now, um, I will say this because of you mentioning the pandemic, we're sort of in a collective anxiety as it is. I mean, there's a lot of anxiousness, a lot of stress and distress around the pandemic and COVID. And so we have not ever quit working, by the way. We've been working with students. We did all during the summer, um, as you are now can see, that we can see each other face to face and be in different environments. Our staff worked diligently to be trained in order for us to be able to provide services by using things like Zoom and other telemental health opportunities. Obviously, our goal as a counselor is we want to be able to support the student to the best that we can during all of this, but not just about COVID and the pandemic, but also just helping support your emotional and, and mental health while you're a student on campus and dealing with all the different things you have to deal with, work and school and making sure that you know how to manage life, because life is kind of hard sometimes, right? The cool thing about what we do is we provide a safe place to do that. It's a confidential space. And sometimes people don't really understand what that means, but it means that our records are separate from the university records. It means that whether we're Zooming or whether you're in an office or whether um, you're in a group setting, that we provide you a private safe place to come and talk to someone who's trained. Really my job is to listen and I do that, but I also work with the students say, okay, what's working? Have you thought about this? Have you have you looked at this different situation, maybe in a different way? 
and help our students gain perspective um, for a lot of different reasons. And then, of course, mental health. Um, we see anything from, hey, I'm stressed out about the pandemic to substance abuse, um, psychosis happens sometimes, depression, anxiety, and different kinds of mental health. So I know that you guys have now transitioned because of the pandemic towards Zoom meetings for the most part. Um, and I was just wondering, like, um, how has that process changed and how does that affect like follow up with students? Because I've used um, counseling services before in the past and um, I just want to make sure like students make sure that like, I know you guys care and uh, I know it's a big step just to go to a counseling uh, in the first place. And so encouraging someone to come back is really, really important. So I want to just know about like your follow up process, especially now that we're online. Sure. So it hasn't changed a whole lot, Selena. Um, in fact, I think maybe it's it's given some folks who have struggled, like you said, to make that first step and, and maybe walking into the, the center or calling us, being able to provide uh, services through Zoom, for example, has allowed us to maybe reach an audience um, and a student that might have been a little scared at the beginning. Um, and we also, our, tele, our, our Zoom is protected through a health it's actually called Zoom Help to get some more guided protection for your safety and your confidentiality. So the first step always is to call. Um, we want you to make that phone call. Once you make that phone call, um, the, the admin is going to get information together, put that appointment on our schedule, and then we will, um, the, the cool thing now is you can do all your paperwork um, online. And so we have a portal, that a link that we will send to a student. They will fill out the necessary paperwork through that portal. Once that happens, we are notified and we get to take a look at the paperwork. And then we will send a Zoom link. Um, if someone initially prefers not Zoom yet, then we'll make that phone call and just talk to the students um, by phone to kind of get a feel for what that next step would be. So we do that. And then once we meet that person, whether it's by phone or by Zoom, once we have that conversation and kind of go through that paperwork, then together, we decide what would be the next best step. Sometimes it's going to be continued therapy. Sometimes it might be a check-in with the therapist and being part of one of the groups. Sometimes it might be as simple as, hey, have you, you know, have you checked in with your advisor? Have you, you know, when's the last time you had a medical checkup? And so we kind of work together to say, okay, what's the next step? And then if it is therapy and it is working individually with a counselor, then that counselor will set up the next appointment just like you would if you were in the office and say, when's your next you know, your best day of the next week and set the next appointment up. Then the counselor sends out the link for Zoom thereafter. Okay. okay. That's really interesting. I, that was what my next question was going to be. So correct me if I'm wrong. You did okay. say that if, um, if you weren't comfortable with having a Zoom meeting, then you would call the student and get a feel for the, uh, before they would come in. So you can do it over the phone. Sure. I wouldn't really call that as much counseling over the, the, it's more of a consult over the phone and being able to say, you know, I've got, got your paperwork and, you know, kind of tell me what's going on. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, my whole amazing career is so privileged because I get to sit and listen to people talk and, and share their experience with me and trust me. And that's a great career to have, by the way. Um, it's a great job. But um, sometimes that's hard to do over the phone. And so my first choice would be face-to-face -face or Zoom simply because 
part of my job is to kind of see what's going on. So, so as you know, sometimes you can tell somebody's in distress. You can tell somebody's sad. You can tell somebody's anxious. Um, and so that's part of my job is to be able to assess some of that as well. And the counselors here, um, we want to do, we want to meet you where you are as students. So sometimes that's a phone call first. Um, sometimes it is a Zoom first. But what we do is we're not here to tell you what to do. And that's really important. Our job is to help you know the next best steps for your mental health and your well-being. Okay, that makes sense. Do you guys offer any virtual uh, wellness tools? We do, actually. I'm going to go back. Student Counseling Services, We on our website, we are on the quick link. So as soon as you're on the main page, just go to quick links and you'll see Student Counseling Services. We have it set up to provide several different resources. One that we're very proud of is our virtual workshops tab. And you can click on that. And we have several workshops that we have worked on throughout the summer and into the fall specifically addressing things like stress that's connected to the pandemic and COVID, uh, mindfulness videos. We have videos about trauma because another thing that's happening is kind of a collective trauma for people. And that doesn't mean that, you know, all students are going to walk around having post-traumatic stress. What that means is we've experienced a change in our world that's very different than anything else anyone has experienced before. And so some of these videos are very specific to help you kind of navigate and walk through that. Um, another resource that we have on that website, um, not only do we have hotline numbers in case of a crisis situation that where we're not available, because we're available from 8 to 4.30 during, during the same time that the university is open. So there are resources available and numbers given on our page in case there's a, a crisis or an emergent need after hours. Also, we have a list of apps that we suggest. A lot of times you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling stressed out. Free apps, by the way, that you can download and use to help for calming, um, for being, you know, managing the anxiety, um, for kind of following your mood and making sure that your mood, um, you know, what's changing your mood, what might be influencing your mood. So there's some mood apps to kind of gear that and, and give you some information from that standpoint. So we we have really created a lot of resources that are at a, basically a click for you to be able to utilize um, along whatever this journey might be for you. And those resources would be great for any student, uh, including um, even there's kind of a stigma about going to counseling. counseling. And um, I think these resources are good for anyone. Like, just even yes. if you're stressed out about a paper, yes, I mean, we all yes. experience stress. We all experience like some level of um, like a stressful situation. And so even if it's just for calming down for a piece uh, for a paper sure. or if it's like actually something really serious going on, I definitely think these resources would be good for any person. Absolutely. Also, I did want to ask, uh, what would you recommend for a student that doesn't uh, necessarily have access to the electronical uh, aspect of the counseling? So we're not going to turn a student away. The reason we have not been doing face to face is a lot because of your safety. Um, it's not just it's not about us. We would rather you be here. Um, again, that's what I'm privileged to do is have people sit in my office. 
But if someone does not have access to virtual tools or to Zoom, they can walk in, make a phone call, give us a call from wherever they can, and we will make sure that someone sees them in office. We have a couple offices set up um, to provide safety and that's make sure we do the social distancing that we need and or the physical dis distance that we need. Um, and, and, you know, we can wear our mask in there or not and be able to um, work with somebody face to face. But we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can in order for you guys to be safe um, during this time also. And there are probably community resources, Tyler, um, that most of those are going to be avail available through Internet or through electronics. So it's going to be harder, I think, to utilize those. Um, but we have the old fashioned. Here's you a piece of paper with some suggestions and work. You know, we have things that you can take with you um, and utilize if you do not have the ability to use virtual. Also, for anyone who's unaware, our library actually offers a laptop cart that you can check out a laptop. And there's also you can rent out study halls in the library. And so um, if you do need more resources, you can always check out our other campus facilities. They will provide you with electronics. Great idea. Okay. So we are we're currently in the in the closing days of National Suicide Prevention Week. It ends tomorrow, the twelfth. Um so I kind of wondering um on in that area COVID-19 uh, has been kind of stressful for everybody, especially those who, uh, you know, may have to quarantine and be, you know, basically by themselves for, you know, two weeks at a time. So um, kind of how do you think that being in the middle of a pandemic um, kind of affects the level of, uh, of risk for those who may, you know, those who may feel like that uh, they're alone and everything and that that's what the best option for them would be like how do you how do you think that affects the level of risk being in the middle of a pandemic where you may have to go in quarantine by yourself for two weeks sure so one of the things i think maybe i can separate the two i think that the the fact that we've had to go through this collective stress and collective some trauma in that from the pandemic doesn't equate to causing more suicides. However, if someone's already kind of predispositioned and already is having some major depression and different things that might, um, where suicide, suicidal ideation is sometimes a symptom, because we have to remember that it's a symptom of something else. So uh, when someone starts to think about maybe ending their lives, there's some other things that are going on that other than just the pandemic that might be part of that, right? So in the situation with the pandemic, of course, when we get isolated sometimes and we get along, we start feeling kind of lonely and hopeless and scared and all those kinds of things. And so I don't know that we've seen stats increase because of that yet. I think it's more of what I'm hoping is people getting opportunities to reach out. You know, that now that we can actually provide services through Zoom, we can actually talk to people like this quicker sometimes than we might have in other situations, right? Um, interesting thing about stats when it comes to suicidal ideation and, and actually committing suicide for your age group, it's actually the second leading cause of death in college students. However, the first one is accidents. So 
sometimes it bothers me a little bit that the word accident is put into one group because there's lots of different kinds of accidents that can cause uh, fatality other than just a car accident, right? And so that does bother me because I feel like that needs to be broken down a little bit more. Um, the interesting thing, though, about your generation is this thing called social media. And you do have an opportunity to get more information and reach out and use like the hotline numbers and the hotline opportunities that we have now that we didn't have even maybe 15 years ago. You guys have got such great resources at hand. Um, the thing that I, I always tell someone who is struggling with suicidal ideation that's thinking about suicide and potentially having a plan to end their lives is to always remember there's one more option. There's always one more option. Even if you don't believe it and you don't, and you don't feel like there is, I always encourage reach out to one person, find one person, you know, find your RA, walk in student counseling. You can still walk in here. The doors are unlocked. Um, still give us a phone call, talk to somebody because there's always one more option. And I think sometimes we get in places that we feel like, especially if we're like isolated and we're, you know, okay, every time I hear about COVID, I'm, you know, I'm going to be sick and all this different kind of thing. We get kind of in our head that there's no, no, no more options. Right. And so my, my encouragement, I hope in this part, because it is serious, is that always take people serious when they talk about it. Always take people serious, encourage them. If it's not you, encourage that person. Go get help. Go talk to somebody. Um, I'm pretty. I, I think I'm pretty safe looking. I mean, I'm not too scary, Emma. You know, come talk. You know, come talk. Because you know, if if you can tell me there's not any more options, then okay. But there's always one more. And so we have mental health professionals right here on campus in this little mini mental health center, and that's what we do. We're here to help support. And so my encouragement is you know, encourage other people to reach out and talk to someone. It's, that's, that's the key part of that. And, and I don't know if that really answered your question, Mark, because I know, I do believe that people being at home, and I think we'll start to see stats arise where there's been more depression, more substance abuse, um, probably more intimate partner violence than we've seen even in the past. And I'm not talking about just in college. I'm saying kind of in, in general uh, from a mental health standpoint. But I do think that it also has allowed us to get resources and information out to people quicker so that they know that there are resources available to them. And uh, while we're still on uh, mental health currently, um, how do you think, um, say, somebody who, who tries to go through everything on their own versus somebody who who goes to counseling services and gets the help that you know they they would like to have or need how do you see the way that the schoolwork or personal lives or um jobs are affected by meant by a person's mental health through those situations so like somebody who who doesn't go and get help and does it on their own versus somebody who has actually goes forth and you know, goes to counseling services for help. So you're, I think I'm understand you're asking me what might be the difference, how, if they don't get support, um, maybe they're struggling with some type of mental health issue and they don't get help versus someone who does. Is that what I'm hearing? Or even, even just someone like how your mental health overall, if they don't even know that they're experiencing mm -hmm. a mental health issue, just how 
uh, counseling would benefit someone because mental health has a high impact on their home, their work, their sure. school, and their personal lives. Sure. So yeah. just how it benefits going to counseling. Okay. So a couple of different things. I want to go back and some and part of the resources that I mentioned, and this is kind of connected, I think, to um, Mark, is that on that same student counseling website, we do have connection to screenings. They are not assessments. They're not counselors. There's a screening that you can go on and take a screening and kind of see if you think, hey, you know what? I really do feel like I'm depressed. I really do feel like something's mental health wise or emotional for me is not my normal. Like something feels different. You can take these screenings that kind of give you some information and says, hey, this, you know, this is a little bit of a red flag. Maybe you do, you do want to reach out to somebody and talk with them about this more. So, and there are all kinds of different um, screenings that are available and resources. Okay, so the, to answer your question, Selena, um, sometimes it's, it, I think it would be hard to determine, I hope, that I'd like to say that everybody comes to counseling, it goes well, you know, but I will say that, um, you know, we were, let me think how to say this the best way. Counseling in itself provides perspectives on the environment or the situation that you're in that is not from your family, it's not from friends, for people who are emotionally connected to you. And the professionals have an opportunity to help you look at lots of different options, lots of different options. It can be anything from just talking it out to group to um, sometimes it's medication. Hey, look, this is a this is a chemical thing happening, and we need to talk about medication. Sometimes it's about making a plan of, hey, are you what's your sleep patterns like? Hey, how can we help you with those? How can we help you? What you eating right now? We just do some basic stuff like where can we get you started to help you be able to enjoy working, enjoy school enjoy your life you know what is it that's missing that maybe it's kind of like a puzzle I always tell people my students it's like a puzzle and we've got all these different puzzle pieces let's start trying to put this puzzle together together and let's see what's going to work and not work and so far I can say that most students um, at least through our survey that we do at each end of the semester have said that counseling helped them get through their semester, help them get through their classes or got through that relationship or the ending of that relationship or was able to look at um, how the pandemic and, the, and, and we've got all the social injustices happening right now and how that's affected me and, and I have a safe place to talk about that. We have students who have said it being able to talk to someone in a confidential space allowed me to like be able to say, you know what, I am different than somebody and I'm coming out for the first time about whatever that is in their lives and, and being able to just adult. Um, and, and so, it, you know, I don't know that I have a magic formula like everybody should come to counseling, um, but I can say personally and professionally that it can make a significant um, difference and impact in your life, in your daily life. And adulting's hard on your own anyway. We know that, but just being able to have that safe place, I think, makes a difference for the majority of people. And and I'll be honest with you, there have been times where maybe I knew um, that a client and I weren't meshing, you know. So I would say, you know what, I really feel like 
one of the other counselors, you know, I know her area and I know her expertise. And I think you guys would work really well together. And so it's not just me going, come see me. We really want to get you with somebody that, that you feel comfortable with, that you kind of connect with, you know, it could be an issue that I, well, might be qualified, might not be my best area of interest. And so I might say, you know, one of you like, Hey, Selena, I think so-and-so would be a really good person for you because of this. So we're always making sure that we're giving you what, what you need to get you where you want to go. That, did I cover what you guys were looking for? Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I know you've been mentioning like the group counseling resources that you have, and I know you have the different workshops and you have ones that are on uh, education and management, unity, relationship, self-empowerment and all that. And so I was wondering, um, how are those taking place this semester via like group zoom or, and I know, I know group counseling can sound like intimidating to some yeah, people yeah. because like, not only are you sharing with a professional, but there's like other people in the room, but of course those people relate, they're all there for a reason. So, um, why would you recommend that specific type of counseling to some people? Okay. So some of the groups are open and we, again, on our website, um, also we're on Instagram or on Twitter. You can follow it. We're popping up information about the groups all the time. They're open groups. And that basically means, so let's say we've got one, uh, I'll give an example. We have one called connection and connection is really about um, relationship development, boundaries, communication. And so if you're interested, you call and say, Hey, I'm interested in that group. And the group facilitator will send you a zoom link to that. The cool thing about, I think zoom in this respect, because groups are hard and they can be a little intimidating, but the cool thing is you're still in your own space. So that gives you a little bit more of that. You know, I'm still in my, my room or I'm still in my area of, of my own kind of safety. And then you get to be part of a group and you start hearing people talk and you go, wow, wait, they, that, they, I think that all the time or, oh my gosh, I've done that before. And you mean somebody else feels this way? Wow. You know, that's a really neat thing to, to feel is that you're not alone. And that's what group does. Sometimes we recommend group over individual simply because of that. So maybe it's not so much that you need that individual time with a counselor, but you need to be in a group with people who are experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing so that you can go, whoa, whoa, like now I get that I'm not alone in this. So it really just depends on what the situation is, where that next step might be. And that's where we come in as a counselor from the very beginning after we're doing our assessment, we're saying, okay, what do we feel like the best, best next step for you? And we do that together. We don't, again, we want it to be a collaborative effort with the student and with ourselves. Okay. So we know that, uh, you know, body image is like a really important uh, aspect of mental health. Mm -hmm. Are there any services that directly, uh, help with a one's body image sure so a couple of things i love i saw that title on the list I was like, yes because this is like my happy place this is um how i actually started working on campus initially was working uh, i do a lot of work with disordered eating eating disorders uh body image and self-concept and so I'm a, I'm a big promoter of all that because um really embodying who you are um no matter what i mean it's the only earth suit you get so you got to figure out 
to either be compassionate for it or critical for it, either one, right? So we do have resources again on the website. Um, we are right now, last year we had the opportunity to participate in research that was called the Body Project. And it was 61 universities that participated in this. It was initially geared specifically for those who identify as women. And it was really just about understanding that we're not all supposed to look the same. Or not all, there's no way we're all supposed to look the same. How boring would that be anyway? Um, but really focusing on helping dispel the um, appearance ideal and being able to look that all humans are supposed to look differently. All bodies are supposed to look differently. And so it really gears toward that. Since then, especially through pandemic and through quarantine, the group that does the body project began to expand that and reach out to the male population, to reach out to the LGBT plus community. Um, and so now those body projects are being offered um, in different settings to a lot of different um, populations. We are working on having the body project again here. The first one will be specific for those who identify as women, um, but we're looking at growing that specifically to other populations. Um, because it's really something that affects all of us. If you if you spend any time right here, and y'all, I know y'all do. There's always whatever you're on, whatever thing you enjoy watching. Somebody on here is going to tell you there's something wrong with you, that you need to change something, that you're not tall enough, short enough, big enough, skinny enough, the right color, the right hair color, the right whatever. It's going to tell you that there's something wrong with you. Um, and so it is obviously, y'all can tell, I can talk about it all day. Um, I am passionate about people being passionate about themselves. And so that is an area that we are, um, we love to work in. We can do it again. Sometimes that's individual. My group is called I Matter. It's the one that I facilitate. And I Matter is open to all populations, student population. Um, and it is really geared toward, hey, I need to be okay with me. Like, I am good enough today. And really helping develop that self-concept. That's that's really good. I'm glad that you told us that. Um, so you did say that the body project is you guys are planning to bring that back this year. So it's not going on right now. It's not going on right now. We are actually, and I'm gonna get a little plug. We're looking for people who want to be peer educators in that. Um, people who are excited and willing to be trained to be a peer educator because we don't lead those. The body project is led by peers. And so we've, we've struggled a little bit. We started it, and then the second, the, the group actually kind of started in pandemic yet, so it sort of changed the, the way things happened. And so we um, are trying to encourage people to want to be a peer educator. So we need them not to be graduating, like, at the end of the semester. Uh, it would be nice that we had, you know, maybe freshmen, sophomore, juniors, or early seniors, depending on what that looks like. And if you guys want to put that out there, they can um, – either email student counseling services and let us know, hey, I'm interested. Um, they can call and ask for Genberry. I'm happy to talk with them about that and so and what that might entail. Nice. Um, okay, and then you mentioned as well that like, you know, things are gonna be changing in a couple of weeks. So like once we change going to remote classes after Thanksgiving and campus is closed, how is that gonna uh, affect the student counseling service? Sure. We, we will keep doing what we're doing. So it doesn't really affect us. We're still gonna be here on campus, but we'll, we will do, um, again, the same thing we are doing um, that we talked about at the very beginning. Someone makes a phone call, 
says, hey, I need to talk to counselor. Our admin, Amy, will make that happen and we'll go from there and we will meet on phone or Zoom and we'll figure out what the next step is. So your offices are gonna remain open even though university is closed? So you guys are going remote. We are not going remote necessarily in November because we're kind of already somewhat remote anyway. Um, but we will still be officially in the office until they close the university. And when they close the university, because te technically we are here longer than you guys are anyway, even when you go home during the, the semester break. And so um, unless they tell us to go home, like, hey, you got to go home and do remote, um, then we'll be on campus. Um, but we'll be doing what we were doing already um, as you guys are going home for the break. So does that mean anything for students who didn't have access to electronics? Um, would they be able to just do phone call counseling or would they be able to come into the office? So the main, the main thing is, as long as the semester is still open, then we are open basically. And so depending on the situation, a couple of things just to, to be aware of, um, we do have some regulations when people are out of state of Alabama um, by our licensure board. We are our counselors who are in the state of Alabama. So we have to do things a little bit differently if someone is in another state when they go home. But again, we can have that conversation with them and kind of set up the best ne next step. But yeah, sometimes it's just a phone consult, just saying, hey, how you doing? Doing a well check, um, you, know, you know, reminding people of the resources that are available. Um, sometimes people go back to their own counselors. We can't do like you can't have two counselors at the same time. That doesn't go well. Um, and it's simply because you don't want to be working on with in this area with one counselor and then you're working in this area with this counselor. It usually is very confusing for the for the client. Right. So but sometimes students will go home and go back to their home therapist that they had or a community resource until they come back to campus. And then they come back to campus and then we'll switch back over to um, our services. Okay, so that's all that we had planned to ask um, for today's episode. But Selena, Tyler, do you all have anything else you want to ask? Um, I guess the last thing I was just curious about um, is you mentioned that you were speaking with students over the summer. And so do you do year round services? As long as we are open, as long as the university is open. So January semester or the, the spring semester, summer semesters, which is pretty much the whole time. We, our offices are always open when the university is opened and we are closed when the university is closed. So in other words, after 4.30, we do not do services um, or provide services. Um, and then when we're on break, when y'all are on break, um, technically, now we do have students who are living on campus. Uh, as long as we're here, we're available. When we're not here, we're not available. All right, great, that sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, and uh, do you have anything else you want to add, uh, Jen? Um, I just appreciate you guys letting me be part of this. I'm super excited about what you guys are doing and getting information out. So thank you for allowing me the privilege to be with y'all today, too. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Okay, and so that's going to be the end of our episode. Um, make sure you guys go check out Counseling Services. Um, I have their Instagram pulled up right now. It's UNA underscore SCS, all lowercase. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for watching. 
and uh, we'll we'll link the rest of their uh, you know posts and stuff in our uh, in our posts when we when we upload. But um, thank you all for listening or watching or however you are consuming our content. We want to put your content on our website too. If that's cool. Like we'd love to do that. So yay. That'd be yeah, awesome. As soon as the episode comes out on Wednesday, we'll send you a link. And so you'll be able to find this podcast on the student counseling services webpage as well. And so we'll be spreading it about. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thank you very much. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Hey guys, make sure to check out all of our social medias. Feel free to send us your feedback at arts at una.edu or through the DMs of any of our social media. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in the future. This podcast has been brought to you by UNA School of the Arts. Executive producer is Mark Gallegos, co-produced by Selena Fugate and Tyler Hankins. Special thanks to Dr. Terrence Brown and the entire SOTA staff.